Hello, everybody, and welcome to Connected Knowledge from Upland Software on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright. Creating knowledge is hard. Creating that knowledge and then putting it in the hands of your frontline agents when they need it is an order of magnitude harder. It is not a surprise, then, that evaluating generative AI tools has become a part of the job for technical leaders in the call center and support space. This week on the show, we have one of our own leaders to help us out. Keith Berg is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Contact Center Productivity Solutions, and he's going to lead us through the stack. What can we expect from these new tools? Can it really make our agents work better? And most importantly, can it be trusted? Keith Berg, welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. How are you? I'm very good because, as I told you before we started recording, I am eager for this conversation. Yeah, me Edge too. of my seat kind of stuff. Oh, uh, I, I'm really excited about this space and what what these AI tools can do for us in this space. But let's start, uh, back it up a little bit first. Tell us a little bit about what some of the challenges are that, that you're thinking some of these tools can help us around in call centers right now, especially in, in the knowledge management space. Sure, sure. Um, and, you know, Pete, I've been in the knowledge management area for over 20 years. Um, I could write a book about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, and there's lots of reasons I've seen knowledge management work and, and not work at companies. We have a diagram we usually like to show customers that, you know, kind of outlines the key components that make up knowledge, uh, a knowledge program. And one, mm-hmm. of those, uh, one of those components is the content itself. Um, having good knowledge and the right volume of knowledge um, is one of the key contributors to, to you know, knowledge management done right. Uh, and even in that area, you know, there's lots of examples uh, of it working well and not working well. Uh, you know, not enough personnel. You've got bad governance around what it is that you're writing. There's resistance to change. Um, poor classification systems when you set your knowledge up in the first place. So I really do think that one of the biggest uh, impediments to knowledge is just, you know, how do you get that content created and how do you, um, uh, you know, uh, get that out out to people and, and, and to main, and maintain that. Um, what we've heard from a number of customers is, you know, we know we need to invest in knowledge, but we don't have the people or the budget to create the content that's required. Or um, our agents don't have time to be creating and updating knowledge. They're taking phone calls. Um, or we've got lots of subject matter expertise and they have deep, you know, domain expertise. Uh, but, you know, we can't commit to giving them all this training and and and, uh, and and such and 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 frankly, they don't know how to write in the right tone for the audience, right? That that's not what they were hired for. Uh, it's just not their skill set. So um, I really, you know, I really do think that you know, there's lots of reasons knowledge management can work and be successful and not successful. The content, though, I think is is really like the like the foundation of the house, though. Well, and that that seems to be uh, to to me what is so intriguing about some of these AI tools that it feels like a leveler because as you say, right, it's very expensive to do knowledge management at scale. Mm -hmm. Uh, And am am I right in thinking that some of these tools could unlock some of the benefits that large organizations have had all along for smaller companies? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely think so. I mean, you and I were joking earlier, right? You know, you've got AI and how you think about that in your personal life, and then you've got it kind of in the yeah. business world, right? Um, and, you know, in the business world, I, I think that this is like the single, like most impactful thing to happen 
to knowledge management since, you know, Microsoft created this visual folder structure in Windows, right? And we were like, oh, now I can see how you could classify things. I mean, right. I think that this is literally like that, that next big advancement uh, for, for knowledge management. Okay, so let's transition to some of the specific tools. Now, we've, we started talking about ChatGPT. It seems to be the one from OpenAI that, that mm-hmm. has a lot of the media uh, attention right now. Um, is, it, is it ready for business? I, I think it is. I mean, I, I do feel like we've kind of leapfrogged the AI that existed <laughs> a little yeah. bit, right? When we've gone to generative, I mean, when we think about predictive AI, which has been around for years, right? I mean, that's been great at helping users find things more easily uh, by using, you know, machine learning to help predict future user search activity. Uh, things of that nature. That's the transparency of it. Like we've been, Apple's been saying machine learning all along to help you figure out who's in your photos. Sure. That's AI. Like, let's just, let's, you know, understand that we have different terms for it. It's been around for a long, long, long time. Sure, sure. And we've had it in our products even for a while, for, for, for years, right? I mean, there's easy ways to drive the efficiencies of author behavior with knowledge, um, you know, suggesting keywords or tagging or metadata based on, you know, what's happened before, right? Uh, and other types of input. So that kind of is what it is. And I, and I still think that, you know, uh, there's loads of expansion that can happen in that predictive AI world still. But yes, we've leapfrogged now. Now we're on a generative AI. Um, and, you know, its ability to create content opens up a whole new world of opportunity uh, for knowledge management. You know, if we fast forward even only a few years, I believe it's going to be, um you know, as kind of expected a feature as spell check is today, yeah. right? Remember when spell check was, you know, you, you, re, you reread what you typed <laughs> yeah. and then you had to use whiteout or correction type uh, tape oh. if, you, <laughs> if you needed to fix, you know, fix your misspellings. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, I remember um, everything about it. I remember what it smelled like. I remember it on my fingers, <laughs> under my fingernails. Please. <laughs> there you go. So I think generative AI is going to be that assistant to knowledge authors, you know, down the road that helps them, you know, get started with writing a new article, approving articles, uh, creating uh, articles that are specific to the channel that they need to be delivered on because, you know, not all things are created equal. Um, you know, ultimately I, I could see it, you know, also picking up on new call trends and proactively suggesting knowledge uh, to authors that they should create based on, you know, some spike in volume that's been coming in. That's, you know, maybe a, that, that we haven't gotten calls about it at a, in a specific call center. Okay, let's Before. talk to me a little bit about about you know again if we're if we're going to project a little bit a couple of years out uh, or maybe I'm speaking in the present and just don't know it <laughs> the idea that a call center operator can receive an inbound call and not know the answer to a specific question that ends up being potentially more complicated the act of sitting down and typing into a a call center bot based on on this technology that has already synthesized, ingested, synthesized, and interpreted, for lack of a better word, the the content of our knowledge base can give that call center manager a real-time response to read to the customer. Is that happening? Is that a thing that that is going to happen? What's next down that road to, to make operators' jobs easier? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the technology is already there, right? Um, many of the call center systems, the core kind of systems themselves already have the ability to listen in and proactively kind of pop information up um, to that uh, agent who may have taken an outbound call. I mean, an inbound call or even people on the sales side making outbound calls, right, who can actually, you know, read the sentiment of, of what somebody's saying and automatically guide that agent through, ask this, do that. Oh, they're interested in this. So um, I, I think that's I, I think that stuff is, is already there. Now, I will say where the real timing nature of it is concerned. You know, in the example I gave, right, we, we have a, a net new problem that, you know, maybe there's an outage in one of our systems, right, that's causing people to call in, right, um, at this moment. I still think we need to have that human in the loop, right? I don't think this AI, and I don't think anybody should be thinking that this generative AI um, should be left unmonitored, that it should be getting out to the consumer or even the agent without some vetting, right? I mean, there still needs to be this human in the loop. Um, in this process, um, there's just too much at risk for, for, for customers' brands, I think, to, to just let AI just take it all over. There, there was a, a recent uh, three-part series on the podcast of radio show Planet Money uh, on AI. By chance, have you heard it? I have not, no. There, there's a, the, the premise of the, of the thing, and, and forgive my digression here as I recount another podcast, but it is interesting <laughs> enough. Uh, the premise of the thing is the reporters wanted to see if uh, AI could do their whole job. And so they generated a voice uh, mm -hmm. based on one of their other historical reporters. They had the AI essentially uh, ingest a number of research papers on the subject uh, that they were looking at. They then went to the authors of that research paper, had the AI generate a number of questions, and then read the questions without telling the authors that they were AI. And at the end, the author said this, and this blew the whole gambit. The author said, you see, this is why AI won't replace humans, because humans are the only ones capable of thinking of as thoughtful and provocative questions as you just read to us. The questions that had been generated by AI. <laughs> So the reporters started laughing and they said, we have to tell you, we have to come straight. We just, we did this. And the authors of this paper were suitably dismayed and shocked, but good sports, obviously. It's really worth, I'll put the link in the show notes. It is really worth listening to this if you're curious about what these technologies can do. But it goes back to this area of, I, I think, uh, trust, right? That you said we need humans in the loop. We're seeing more and more examples of humans not necessarily being needed in the loop. Mm -hmm. At what point do we trust these systems to be giving answers to be accurate, to be authentic, to be truly representative of the brand? Uh, you know, uh, what's it going to take culturally to get us over the hump? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it does create, it, it does require a massive amount of data, right? I mean, yeah. I, uh, the, the benefit that that example you gave was that the uh, the corpus was very discreet, right? Very discreet, yeah. Um, right? Um, yeah. In the world of, 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 of call centers, right? I mean, it, it, it could be very, very broad, right? We could be dealing with a very broad corpus. Um, but I, 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 think, I think it will get there. I think what, what, we, what we think about and, and suggest is that your agents are kind of the guinea pig in this process, right? You can provide information to them and you can rely on them to, and as they do in just traditional knowledge management today, 
when I'm looking at something, well, all right, does that actually answer what this person asked me, right? Yeah. So you've still, again, got a, a human in the loop in the agent looking at information and saying, oh, yeah, that, that, that looks right. That looks appropriate to me. That in and of itself, uh, to me, is going to help train our understanding about whether the generative AI for each customer, and I do think each customer's corpus is going to drive, you know, how, how quickly you can get to this kind of self-sufficiency, but it's going to help drive our understanding uh, of that and uh, help us see how quickly we can get toward more, you know, kind of full uh, hands-off uh, automation. Can you, uh, another digression, what are you using this stuff for, just personally? I mean, I know you're so invested in it day to day. Like, this is all you do and think about at work. And I'm sure when you go home, you just put your head under a pillow and listen to some Yanni music. But, (laughs) right. You know, uh, my wife and I are both in technology and we both, you know, are. I feel like two or three times a day, we're constantly just saying to each other, I don't know, ask chat GPT. (laughs) Like, it just... (laughs) It, it feels like you can almost apply it to to, to anything. Um, you know, I, I think it can be used for, for just, just about anything, even if it's not just to get something to then copy and paste it somewhere, but to generate some thought-provoking uh, uh, momentum for you on a topic where, you know, you're starting at a blank screen. I uh, have, I'm also, I, I write. Uh, in part of my other life. And the recent release, as we write this, uh, ChatGPT4 has uh, updated their, or uh, it's Claude, Claude Plus from Anthropic, has updated their uh, uh, number of tokens that you can upload into, uh, the, of text that you can have it analyze. I uploaded uh, uh, just about 60,000 words of a work in progress and had it build me essentially a narrative character map a summary of where every character is at any given time based on what it has interpreted. And it was spot on. I've never seen anything like it. Like it, it felt like I had taken hours and hours and hours to do and to read and write a timeline assessment of where these characters are. And it happened in about 15 minutes. It was That's incredible. That's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And I think yeah. one of the, one of the fun things about dealing with GPT clients themselves is yeah. you ask the question and then you see it start to come back yeah. and you're like, what's it going to say? Where is it going? You know? So I think that real timey sort of nature of it uh, yeah. is, is really intriguing on the, on a, on a, on a personal use front for sure. Well, and, and on a sort of Turing test front, the more conversational I am with the, with the client, the better the results are. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I find that is a, a, a a, a bit of, uh, it's still a bit of mystery to me, even though I understand kind of in broad strokes how the technology works, the fact that it's talking to me in a way that could legitimately fool me is directly uh, related to my experience and my my sort of fascination with how this can be used in the front line for knowledge management workers, right? Yeah, um, yeah, that that iterative sort of, you know, or you gave me a response, now let me drill in here, let me re-clarify here, where you can kind of get to, a, a truly kind of curated output is yeah. is really just amazing. And then the speed at which it happens is just a little unbelievable. Let's talk specifically. Uh, we've got uh, Upland just introduced the AI knowledge assistant. Let's, let's hear how great it is. Yeah, sure. You know, for years, um, uh, our strength has been in the tool sets that are used by the authors to create and manage that knowledge. Um, over the years, kind of the, 
the the end user side of things and search has become a little bit more commodity, right? I mean, I think everyone's gotten good at trying to provide a Google-like experience to someone who's trying to consume knowledge. Um, but you know, there is there are still those challenges about uh, about um, um, empowering the authors to create and and maintain that knowledge. So we've really focused our predictive AI. Uh, activities in the past, as well as our generative ones now on authors. How do we help them create knowledge? I mentioned that uh, concept before of, you know, looking at a blank page, right? That's, it's really hard to, to write something that's, that's new. Um, mm-hmm. And for many of our customers, you know, where they might launch a new product and have to start with something new, or they're a brand new customer who's literally starting from, from zero, that blank page um, is, is an issue, right? So being able to create knowledge initially from there is, offers huge kind of savings and, and, and speed uh, to, to, to get productive with knowledge. Improving the quality, right? We've, we're we're um, investing in um, how do you take something that you have today and ask uh, 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 generative AI to make it better? Part of that as well has to do with writing in different voices, Right. Mm-hmm. Having experts write knowledge for experts is one thing. How do you then transform that same thing into something that you want your customer to try and do in a self-serve manner? Right. You don't just publish the same article to them. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to put a voice to that. Um, you know, I had my daughter used uh, uh, GPT for something recently um, to maybe that might have been getting out of a speeding ticket. And, uh, and, you know, and I told her, that's a laugh line, right? Please tell me. And I said, in in the prompt, make sure you say you want it written in the voice of an 18 year old, right? Yeah. Very important. Right. And, and and again, you know, on on the consumer side, you want to, you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're being spoken to or being presented with something that's, that's in the right voice for you. Right. So those are great kind of examples of it. Uh, structure and flow, uh, you know, a lot of knowledge bases, um, you know, you might have 20 people contributing to it. Some people like to use bullets. Some people like to number things. Some people like lots of uh, pictures, right? That inconsistency in the way that um, knowledge is created can come off very disjointed within an organization and to your customers as well. So you can also use it to kind of improve and standardize that structure and flow in order to make your whole knowledge base a lot more cohesive. So yeah, so we're really focusing with our knowledge assistant on how do you make those knowledge authors more effective on day one and how do you help them with the maintenance activities around the knowledge base? So you have already opened the door to this. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you to to uh, give read your uh, your crystal ball again. We've talked about predictive AI leading to generative AI. What's next on the AI horizon for Upland? I I think I think we're going to get to the point where customers are going to want their applications. They're going to want to bring their own AI to their applications, right? Customers have a lot of stuff behind the firewall or in specific repositories. It's their CRM system. It's their Office 365, right? And that's going to be their treasure trove of information that says how the organization works. Right. That seems to be where we are now. Like everything we're hearing now is, uh, you know, companies saying don't use ChatGPT right now, right? And that I think is the reason because exactly. it's open. 
Yeah, exactly. But they're all thinking that they want to put generative AI on top of their own yes. stuff in order to expose more insight into it, right? So I think those customers who then want SaaS solutions to be able to benefit from that without having to push it outside of that that level of security or replicate it within all of these other SaaS-based tools are going to need to open the door and allow customers to actually you know, go you know, dip into their AI API to get to their information. So I think that's where we're going to um, eventually get. You you started talking about that, that this was that AI years are equivalent to dog years, right? Everything's just happening much, much faster in the AI space. Uh, this, is, it seems like uh, we just figured out how AI is impacting us in the last eight months, it sort of feels like it's going to be another just eight months, like another breath. And we're going to be able to be having training our own internal corpus on you know, under AI technology. Yeah. Is that what we're I, thinking? That sort of I, time scale? I think so. And I think, you know, people like Microsoft, right, are gonna are gonna drive that sort of stuff with Copilot, yeah. right? They're gonna they're gonna put that AI on top of the stuff that we already know and hold near and dear to us. Um and uh and, and make that available in, in everywhere. Um, I think, you know, that, that that's one of the things that we're cautious about in, 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 in working through all these generative AI uh, topics and plans are um, to not get too comfortable, right? Because yeah. like you said, the speed at which this can happen, I may know what I know today. It may be different three or four months from now. Right. I did see, uh, uh, it, it, we talk about the growth of it. Um, I can't remember the source of it, but I had seen a, a research paper done by someone that showed the revenue in generative AI in 21 and 22 and then 23. Right. Um, and it <laughs> For went the from listeners, like the hands your testers are significant yes. <laughs> that Keith is giving me here. Right. So the spending yeah. on that topic just went from, or, or not the spending on the topic, the revenue associated with. Yeah. Generative uh, AI literally went from like zero to to billions in in what uh, in technology and the technology life cycle is is like overnight, right? Yeah. It's just um, so it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. And I had seen some recent press that you know there's been a drop in subscription levels on uh, Chat GPT service as an example, and it's the first time that's happened since the boom. But it was all associated with those people going to other other GPT right. services. It wasn't like people saying, "Ah, this thing's not working." Right? The boom was six months ago, y'all. Like you're yeah. partaking in the miracle of flight here. Let's uh-huh. be patient. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, I I I like the nod to Copilot. Clippy, we hardly knew ye. Right? <laughs> Just think of where we could be with Clippy. This has been great, uh, Keith. Where, where do you where do you want to point people if they want to go learn more uh, about what Upland is doing with AI? Do you have a website you want to point them to specifically, or shall I just put the main site in the notes for you? Um, I think you know our, our corporate site is UplandSoftware.com. Um, uh, you can find all about our knowledge products that are there. Uh, we've got lots of information there as well around our, our uh, generative AI um, feature set and some of the things that we're working on. Um, so that's yeah, it's probably just probably just the corporate site and whatever we can kind of uh, attach to the uh, to the recording right. here. And if anybody is looking for a, a suitable prompt whisperer, is your daughter uh, available for hire or consulting? <laughs> Are we hanging out a shingle yet? 
funny enough, my kids are both in college and they're both doing part-time AI um, engineering <laughs> jobs this summer. <laughs> Surprising no one. Keith, nope. <laughs> thank you so much uh, for hanging out with me today. This has been a fantastic conversation. I hope it's not the last one. I have a feeling you're going to have more to talk about. Yeah. Uh, let's say in about eight months. <laughs> yeah, well, or next week. Um, or next week. <laughs> it, it's, it could be that quick. So it, it's been it's been a pleasure, Pete. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And everybody else, make sure you head over to UplandSoftware.com. Links, specific links will be in the show notes. You can get to know us a little bit better. Uh, on behalf of Keith Berg, I'm Pete Wright. We'll see you next time right here on Connected Knowledge. <laughs>